Hey friends, this week I'm really excited to bring you this conversation with Oreo Jones slash Sean Michael Smith slash Michael Raintree. We'll get right into it. Hi friends, welcome back to Michael Loves Indie. I'm really excited this week to bring you this conversation with the artist Oreo Jones, given name Sean Michael Smith. He has other artist alter egos like Michael Raintree. He's also in the group Bless or 81355. And he also is leading the Treese Hip Hop Festival this year, August 26, 2023. Find out more about it at treeseaf.com, C-H-R-E-E-C-E-A-F.com. It's one of our best festivals in Indianapolis. It, it appeals to casual hip-hop fans or hardcore hip-hop fans with dozens of hip-hop artists, some national, some regional, and it's just one of the best nights in Indianapolis of the year, so I hope you'll check it out. Anyway, on to our guest. Oreo Jones is someone that I've wanted to talk to for the last three years that I've had this program. He's someone who I've seen around in Indianapolis, gotten to know him over the years. I've admired him for many reasons. One is how prolific he is as an artist. If you check out any streaming services or record stores, you can find his records under Oreo Jones. You can find it under Michael Raintree. And then in 2021, he teamed up with Sirius Black and David Moose Adamson to form a supergroup of sorts, Bless or 81355. Their album, This Time I'll Be of Use, was produced by Justin Vernon, a.k.a. Bon Iver's label. Made it on a lot of national year-end best lists. It's fantastic. And so... Um, Sean is someone who's incredibly prolific, but he's also someone who's been able to integrate his art into being a community leader. He is one of the leaders of the organization Big Car. He's the station manager for WQRT, Independent Radio, in Garfield Park. And so I hope you'll enjoy this conversation because we talk about his life. We talk about how he integrates these different literal artistic alter egos, but also the work that he does to serve his community. And finally, we get into the Treese Festival, the inspiration behind that a few years ago, um, uh, what he's looking forward to here in 2023. And again, I highly, highly recommend that you check out his work under his various alter egos. But if you haven't bought a ticket yet, tickets are going fast. Check out Treese af.com. Thanks. And I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Whew. Sean, thank you for taking the time. And I'm, I'm also so appreciative that we're doing this here at WQRT and yeah. listen here and at one of your offices, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I, I hear I hear you like you interview a lot of people from here. So I thought um, maybe today this afternoon was a nice way to turn it around a little bit, one a little bit of a one eighty. Yeah, totally. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I'm also appreciative because I know you're busy, and we'll talk about trees happening at the end of August. Yeah. Um, and what this is the first time in how many years that we're doing trees live again? So last production was 2019, so three years. Yeah. Three, okay. So three summers ago. Yeah. Right. But it's 23, four, four summers yeah, ago. Geez. Yeah, four summers okay. ago. <laughs> well, and there's a lot to talk about. But, you know, before before we get into trees, because that we'll definitely cover that um, before before the end, I do want to 
um, learn a little bit more about you know who is Sean Smith <laughs> slash Oreo Jones slash Michael Raintree slash 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 yeah. because um, you know I, I I was telling you earlier you know you know how you start a project and you think it's about one thing but then it turns out to be another thing one of the things about this um, this show or this podcast is I I end up getting um, a lot of great advice from people who are creative and you, I think you have found, one of the things I admire about you is you've found a way to be prolific as an artist, but then also as, you know, community leader, community organizer, pulling, pulling something together like trees. And I think myself and others would be fascinated to know kind of how that fits together. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, essentially, thanks for having me, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think it, that's a good question. Um, I'm the type of person that if my attention and my heart and my soul is in it, I'm going to give it 150%, whether it's writing a tune or, you know, curating a show or just anything. Um, So I think that's like what's important to me. I guess it's whatever, where my mind is at. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you also and I, this is we'll go back, I want to get to your origin story yeah, cuz that yeah. was Warsaw Indiana so yeah right? that's because it cuz you're also <laughs> you or at least you come across as being super open you know what i mean yeah. like you're ab- able to relate to a broad spectrum of people yeah, too for sure um at, you know and so well maybe i'll start there if that's okay let's yeah, go to totally. War- Warsaw Indiana were you <laughs> yeah. born there i was not uh i was born in Muncie my okay. parents both met at Ball State and they had me their senior junior year okay. yeah so i was in muncie for like a second okay but yeah i grew up in and warsaw and for, sure. for people who you know some of my friends and family out of state there's in warsaw is known at least regionally there's this incredible concentration of um bio yeah, orthopedic orthopedics yeah hips artificial yeah. hips and artificial knees and all kinds mm-hmm. of things is yeah. that right the orthopedic capital of the world is that right Hulk Hogan has a Warsaw hip yeah from biomed <laughs> biomed zimmer <laughs> yeah i'm De- not sure De- like De- De- yeah, yeah. De- pew like what is what anymore because yeah. uh but yeah that's uh i feel like the yeah, the orthopedic capital of the world. And That's an underrated, it, underrated downtown, in my opinion. I'm from a very small town, so yeah. that I didn't I didn't realize you know, you've got a, an underrated downtown, but it's right on that lake. It is, yeah. There's a hundred lakes in our county, so that was one thing that I feel like I was spoiled growing up was like this time of year in the summer, spring is like the best time to yeah. be there, uh, just because uh, yeah, you're you're there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have good memories of growing up for the most part? <clears throat> yes and no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, growing up just uh, a, a black person and uh, predominantly right, red, white ass town. Um, looking back, I grew up like I have friends and my family are amazing. But as I grew up, older and got to learn more about myself as a person, I kind of look back and see the little subtleties that I was like, okay, I wasn't crazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? I wasn't crazy for thinking what I was thinking about how people react to me or whatever. Um, But I'm, I'm super thankful for, you know, my education and my family and, and growing up there. But yeah, I feel like when I was at like a younger age, I knew that I was destined to get the hell out of there. If I was we, ready. If we went back in time, so mm-hmm. you you've since I've known you for a decade or whatever, you you come across as a confident person, yeah. you know. Um and 
like if we if we had a time machine where mm-hmm. the, are there early experiences that stand out in terms of yeah the um yeah i can make music you know yeah. or yeah i know how to organize this thing you know or curate mm-hmm. this thing for sure yeah so uh we were also spoiled and blessed to be in a time in like the early 2000s when i grew up there um we had a really strong hardcore and punk scene so at pretty much every other weekend or every weekend we'd have shows at the fireman's building the old fireman's building wow. off center lake and or actually sorry pike lake and then uh, the Center Lake Pavilion would have shows. Okay. Um, there was a place called The Matrix next to uh, the old Lake Theater. But, yeah, we had a lot of, like, de- these kids would throw shows, um, like, ha- like hardcore punk. Like, around that time, like, hardcore Christian music was, like, yeah. super popular. And it was also, like, an excuse where you'd be like, hey, I'm about to go to this hardcore show, but it's, like, church affiliated yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's like all these kids are like getting permission from their parents and just like you know yeah. uh but but regardless i think that kind of is where subconsciously when i look back into now i kind of get that ethos from where it was just like no one really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. or giving us permission or guidance. You just kind of had to figure it out yourself, like getting thrown in the deep end. And were just, you in hardcore bands? I was in a punk band, yeah, yeah, called Screaming Hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, that's my first. That's my first taste nice. at uh, music. Yeah, I'm, gu- I'm guessing not a Christian hardcore. It band. was not a Christian hardcore band. No, just thrash punk. We. It was cool too because our high school had a cool Battle of the Bands program that was like. Like the big thing and it was so cool we actually won it was my senior year and it was tight getting like a check from from the school Were you lead vocalist and <laughs> i was yeah screaming hemorrhoids totally yeah okay. mm-hmm. so yeah so um so hardcore not hip-hop originally correct yeah okay. that was where i really cut my teeth like you know i feel like i hit puberty and realized oh there's like other stuff that is not on the radio yep. that you could you know try to find and you have influences from your friends and just pe- other, all of my other friends, just like in bands. And you're like, oh, whoa, this yeah. is this whole nother counterculture that's just so dope to me. Yeah. What about what about the visual aesthetic? Because I'm I'm yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you're also someone who is um, particular about the visual. I'm I'm yeah. just thinking about the album covers yeah, 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 of yeah, releases yeah. that you've put out. Um, was was that all like your your visual aesthetic was that already something at that at that time or did that no, happen later I, I feel like that really was just like kind of like an evolution to my just like creative process but like yeah i i love i feel like like kind of the origin of my name is just like pop culture like i love just diving into just like current current tastes and you know just discovering americana just like i don't know just like dope like imagery um and history and just uh i feel like i have a really particular taste sometimes especially even when i was younger i I really couldn't uh portray that or even like i don't think i was like emotionally intelligent enough to like not a lot of people are when they first start out creating or whatever, but I feel like that's like something that I felt like I had like really good taste. I couldn't like at the time, yeah, hon- like hone in on it. But I yep. feel like that's something that I've 
I've really strived yeah. for. Yeah. It's a taste and I'm 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 not great at articulating this, but it's a taste that I it now it makes sense you talking about your hardcore roots because even like album covers and other and other music projects that you've done oftentimes bridge that punk or indie aesthetic yeah. with hip hop definitely mm-hmm. i mean is that a fair for sure yeah yeah i i, I always was just like a fan of just old old diy like punk screen printing like old zines like with a xerox copied like um you know vintage stuff like a call to older you know older aesthetics i guess you would say Were there but... in individual musicians or visual artists for that mm-hmm. matter who who were like when i heard or saw so and so that was a turning point for me do any of those stand out in those years oh man like i feel like i'm trying to think man i'm trying to like kind of cl- throw back here a little yeah. bit um i feel like you know when i was younger going back to those zines like um those those times like uh and skate like skate culture like skateboarding like all my yep. my friends that i grew up i found a lot of of music through skateboarding like those old 411 video magazines yep. and a lot of cool music and just like the way that people would like put magazines together like yep. thrasher and big brother um yeah like that kind of culture too um you know, old punk covers like No Effects and Misfits and stuff like that. Like yeah. I think those were like early on, like yeah. kind of like, whoa, this is really sick. Yeah. At what point does uh, Sean Smith become Oreo Jones? Uh, Oreo Jones happened. Oh, probably like my freshman or sophomore year into college. Okay. Yeah. So uh, and you went to IU. I went to, to IUPUI. IUPUI. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I. Dipped from Warsaw, got out of there, never looked back. No, I look back over once in a while, but uh, got out of there, landed in Indianapolis. Um, I feel like if you talk to a lot of rappers or artists and be like, they'll tell you, you know their name, but uh, as it is now, but I feel like a lot of rapper, everyone that I know, at least my colleagues, have had like three or four different names mm-hmm. before. <laughs> before. Yep. Well, it was, so like my first rap name was Big Easy Sean Blake. Uh, my, nice. uh, yeah, my, uh, my cousin, who was like my mentor at the time when I was like 18, like he was a rapper. Um, and he really like got me hip to the culture and, um, just like the history and what's like important and uh he saw like something in me and i was like yo this is really sick yeah um and then yeah oreo jones was born probably like when i was like 18 19 yeah so you're coming out of hardcore and so i guess yeah you're you're moving to indianapolis yeah what was the process of composing your first hip-hop songs like yeah um so i'm i want to credit like myspace i'm gonna date myself so like myspace music was huge uh when i first started because you could just upload music um it wasn't just cluttered the internet was just like kind of like i came up in like the blog era um so like you know all these publications you know were like organic if they liked your music they would post it uh there wasn't any really politics behind it if you were like good you're good um, but I, man, I, I feel like I, I credit, you know, that and like going to a record store, like we had karma in Warsaw, but like, you'd have to like, if you wanted something, it'd take weeks to get it. Yeah. 
the internet was still kind of like not what it is today. So it's almost like you were behind the yep. times. Streaming services hadn't, yeah, hadn't evolved no, yet. Yeah. No. So like you'd be listening to releases that were like out for like a year or two. And yep. you'd be like, this is new to me. Um, but yeah, I, I'd go on MySpace, you know, that's where I found like Jay Dilla and I like found like Mad Lib and like all these, you know, Tribe Called Quest, The Roots. Like I was like, oh man, there is like a whole nother world out here. Um, and then I'd find myself just going to Luna when Luna music was on Mass Ave. I didn't know anyone in the city and I would just get law. I'd like go there. That was the only thing I knew. That was like my homie. You know, I'd go there, uh, take what little money I could have. See see Wayne Hill or, uh, or, uh, Moose working behind the counter. Yeah. And I did. Then that's kind of crazy how that works, but I had no, you know, and I'd go there and I'd just go to the hip hop section. And sometimes I wouldn't even know what the, I just like grab something. Yep. like grab a cd um and then i just kind of like fell in love with it and then um we i had an xbox like the first gen like xbox nice. game console and there's a game called uh, mtv music generator and so i would go on there and you can make beats and so on the first xbox you could take cds and you could upload and download like upload the cd onto the xbox and you could like you know if you're playing tony hawk or a game you can play your own songs while you're playing a game wow but with mtv music generator you could upload anything and then you could sample stuff from your library so i would just take all kinds of sounds and just make beats you know i'm like 18 making beats on MTV Music Generator, just like locked in my room. No, so yeah. no, so no, yeah. no MPC, no laptop, an Xbox. Just make it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's when it. I started. So yeah. yeah, and then I, I would essentially just like make stuff so I could write, just yeah. make them writers, and then I would just fill up notebooks, like okay. no really direction, just yeah. I was just cathartic, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people when they get into making music. Not everybody, but some people start to specialize, you know, they'll go, they'll, they'll specialize in, you know, as a rapper or MC lyrics and then some people on, um, you know, production and, you know, you've done both as far as I know forever. Um, which was there one that came easier to you than the other? Oh man, I feel like writing like just lyrics, it was just came way more easy. I didn't know. I didn't like, even though I was like around musicians and played with musicians, I never picked up an instrument. Um, but yeah, I feel like lyrics, like writing down, listening to something like fish in the water to me, but it took time to like, you know, get samplers and, you know, um, you know, I, I'd read and like listen to how other producers would do things. And I grab my 303, like rolling sampler. And, um, you know, I didn't, pick up an instrument until when I was in my band white moms and my roommate Charlene literally like let me use her bass. And we were just like, I was just, you know, I feel like I have a good ear. I can't tell you what this note is, but I can, I can tell you if this is a a right note or not. So you've been more so you weren't taking music lessons or band or anything. Other than like, I was an intermediate band, like playing the trombone in like seventh grade. And I think I was in choir in eighth grade, maybe. But But beyond that. Scales and chords, not, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Nope. Interesting. Um, And then, um, uh, oh, so my, I don't want to, I don't want to skip too fast, but I think my, the Betty 
LP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is when I became aware of you. Cool. I think that's ten years old now. Yeah, right? it's like twenty twelve. Okay. I think okay. maybe. Yeah. And, um, and I think I, I think I, I think I caught it in a Nouveau article or cool. something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, whoa. But um, was there, was was there a release that came before the Betty LP that yeah. you were, that that was like, okay, here I am. Yeah. So I just graduated, uh, IUPUI. It was the summer, like spring summer going in uh, to my last year. Um, I dropped the Delicious EP, uh, which was my first ever release um and that was when i had to release uh, a release show at the casbah on broad ripple and i remember it was just like packed and before that i was like playing shows i'd hop in on like house parties but i was like really mm-hmm. um i i came here I, I was living in arizona the year before as an intern i was interning at a radio station and I, the reason i came back to indies because i wanted to play shows um, and really like take it seriously. And I wanted to finish college. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that Casbah show after it was done, it was just like, it was packed. It was crazy. And I was like, Oh, this is like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is serious. I could do this, you know, Cle- yeah. clearly to, to, to sell out the Casbah on something like that. You have to have a community of people that, you, sure. that are supporting you, and then mm-hmm. fans and things like that. So, who were who were some of the most important people at that at that time who were you know encouraging you? And yeah, to- I feel like Gray Granite Gigi was like the first person to give me a shot. Like he was established. Like him and Jay Brookins with the Heavy Gum Blog. Like they were doing shows. Like, um, yeah, they came in an era you know before me, um, and they kind of just like. You know, Gray put me on a show. I wasn't even billed, but he let me do a song during one of his sets. Um, and that, I think, was, like, so important. Like, yeah. that, like, kind of pass the torch stuff. And at Ben Action Jackson, DJ Action yeah. Jackson. That's, like, my brother. We always pick on each other. Like, I was his intern at one point. Like, <laughs> and he's, like, you know, a crazy, he's a a. a he's a pillar to the DJ culture in Indianapolis yeah. and even beyond, but like him always giving me a shot, even to play that night and just, yeah, in general, gave was, me, released my like first few projects, you know, with Rad Summer. So, yeah. Um, was the, I'm, I'm assuming the feedback was super positive at the EP and then your first live shows. But yeah. What, what was that? Yeah. What was that like? It was crazy. Yeah. I feel like also, too, I was like 21, 22. So I'm like a kid, like just yeah. being able to like go into another world in indie because there wasn't a lot of all ages things. I yeah. mean, I remember when I moved here, I hated it yeah. <laughs> because I was so bored. Like I didn't know, I didn't know anyone. I couldn't go anywhere. Like I was just locked up in my room making music and doing homework and like going to house parties or whatever. Yeah. But um i think like after that i solidified like where i was like okay this is serious i was thinking about going to grad school and then i was just like no nah, i'm just gonna do music yeah. i think i can do this yeah you yeah. know i was so broke after yeah. <laughs> after college like just trying to like navigate like what am i doing here but i do believe you know um i'm i remember times when like I'd be talking to my mom or like some close friends and they're like, what if this doesn't work out? Like, what, what do you, do you have a backup plan? Was like the biggest like yep. thing, which is kind of understandable. Kinda, you know, yeah. I can, I can, un- I can understand it. Cause that's how parents, you know, like yeah. as a parent now, you know, but, totally. but I can also, I can also appreciate how that, that could come across as 
you know, we, we don't, we don't hundred percent believe you're going to make <laughs> yeah. it. Or, I don't for yeah. sure. 100%. Yeah. 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 So, um, did, had, had, by this time, had you, as you switched to an MPC or making beats on the laptop? Yeah. Or? So I was just like, at that time and even a little bit after that, I was collaborating with different producers, yeah. you know, like 90 pounds, uh, Jay Brookins, uh, Dylan prevails, uh, Harry Otaku. Like I, started to like really i feel like the city was evolving yep. to the scene you know i feel like as far as like hip-hop and rap in the city fluctuates i know before i was here there was even you know there was a great scene before me yep. so i don't want to i don't i never want to like say like there i'm like a pioneer or anything like that of course. but there was like a time or at that moment you know um in the 2010s between 2010, 2015, especially 2015, it's like you see like kind of like a progression of like you've seen other people that are doing. You're like, whoa, there's people that are like great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely. when you're when you're younger, you're like it's me versus any everyone. Yes. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean. So I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm in my early 20s. I'm like, I'm the best. You know, I got a nouveau front page of nouveau like number one mc like <laughs> beat out my beat out rusty like that's my dog i love shout out rusty redenbacher but like it was just like something where i was just like okay like the world is the world is mine you know yeah, yeah. indianapolis you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah did 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 you because you don't you you have always come across as someone who is very grounded you yeah. know so was it do you i'm was it going to your head a little bit or were you, or, or were you still, do you think? No, I mean, no, not really. Okay. I'm just, I feel like I probably just like right now looking back, I'm thinking, yeah, it, it might have. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a kid, like I'm, yeah, yeah. in my early twenties, like, um, yeah, I'm, the world just like opening up more. Um, that first project I dropped the delicious, like, um, this label, there's a big indie label that like hit up my manager at the time, which was like, it was a big indie label and they're like asking about me. So I'm like, let's go. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so I had that too, but then like you look back and it's just like these little things that are just like really insignificant. You know, if I like <laughs> had a different mindset about it, but yeah, I feel like I was, I was pretty cocky, but I didn't let anyone know, you know what I mean? Like right. I was just like. Right. Um, I was pretty grounded. I feel, yeah, like low key. If that yeah, makes sense, absolutely. Yeah. Well, at one point, what point do you? Um, because you mentioned uh, Rusty Redenbacher. Yeah. So is that is he is he somebody you met like right out of college? Yeah. Like right. No, in that not time? really. It took me a minute. I feel like when I started making like a little splash. That's yeah. the thing. Where it's like where you, you can't. You get to where. You're active in a community and, you know, there are so many times where people are just like, no, like, who is this guy? Or like, no, you know, I don't want to, you're not getting on the show or like, um, you, you're not going to be in the studio. Like, I feel like it's important to let people know that it was not like kicking through the door right out yeah. the way it took so much so much having time. so having that first ep and then lp made, yeah. made a big it's almost like your calling card for right? sure like, I, like hey i'm i'm committed for sure and yeah. russ has always been like my dog like my big brother we're like when we first met we like like connected yeah. you know that was my um and it and especially like having a relationship with them as i'm getting older is even more important because you're like see these like 
mentor figures and these people that are like, yo, they were trailblazing and they were playing when the genre was like at its infancy. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, mud kids. Yeah, right, doing yeah. crazy, doing crazy stuff. You know, all over the country. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, when does, when does Ron Miner enter the picture? Ron doesn't, Ron entered the picture, um, kind of around then, you know, like he, he was a colleague at that point. So like, um, you know, I'm making, I'm playing, I'm starting to go on tours and stuff, making a name. And he was always there. I remember when I first met him was at the Casbah, obviously he had the running. It's, I mean, it's still the longest running residency the reggae night on sundays there um but yeah i feel like it was like you know he kind of little broed me but that's ron you know like that's him just like testing you out like okay. we also or share or we're both gemini's and we both he's june 10th is his birthday i'm june 9th okay so we're like you know we are both like names last name's jones like it was just like um yeah, big energy together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Ron came in, um, in the really pictures in 2018. Yeah, when uh, probably like the third, well, it's like the fourth trees. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm looking at your yeah. re- your releases because I made I made a list. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, was there uh, in terms of you? Um, developing as an artist and building confidence, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm thinking about your Oreo Jones alter ego at the moment. Yeah, was there one release or like one one LP EP or a song? Yeah, yeah. that stands out for you where you where you were like, yeah, this this is a this is a leap forward. Um, I feel like the Cash for Gold release, like that was like my last like Oreo Jones solo. Yeah. Uh, in like 2016, that was that the um. The beats, the music for me it was totally unexpected. Yeah, you, you for know, sure. you know what I mean. And I, yeah. and, you know, talking about music, you know, you always fail to find the words, but it was a, it was a definitely a grittier. You know, you're pulling, you're pulling um, samples from a, a really broad range of influences. Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways, it's like an indie rock album. Is yeah. that is that fair? I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like all my, it's it's not it's kind of intentional or in unintentional when I I. But then when you look and you step a look, you step back and look at you know the body of work, you're like, oh, oh, it's like, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, I'm unfortunately, I'm like, as as you know, you know, I'm I I play piano and synths, and I love yeah. making tracks, but it's almost like le- only later in life I'm developing more in a, of an appreciation of lyrics. So, like yeah. some of my favorite songs from like 20 years ago, I'm going back. But oh, yeah. I I've noticed one of the things that you do often is you are you're you're in a character right yeah. there'll be certain songs and sometimes they're characters in pretty extreme you know yeah, yeah. situations totally right um because there'll be songs some some of the songs with more like disturbing not like profane yeah. but it's kind of disturb you tell a story it's kind of scary for sure and 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 i'm like oh okay he's in he's in character so where where does that come from um i think it's just like like conceptualizing like a song sometimes you know um Going back to what I said earlier, it's just like where my mindset is at. Um, every there, every record I have, like kind of like a story, or I'll like write like a, some fiction or something. Um, some of it's based on true. Okay, like like uh, I feel like there was a song called "The Rifle" on Betty that uh, was about uh, 
a football player, high school football player that lost his full ride or um, there's like a couple different things that I'll just like write scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. For and you sure. like, you put yourself in the mindset I'll of put that. Him in the, yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. go in the mindset and just like kind of, you know, develop or like weave a story. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing, and I don't know if this is part of the plan, you were talking mm-hmm. about the body of work. One thing to me that's inspiring about you, and I, I've I've shared, I think I've shared this with like every guest. It's like I've got I've got so many ideas, but then pulling the trigger and putting it out there mm-hmm. so often, you know, yeah. I have to like fight through that. You know, I think it's that self conscious. You know, yeah. well, I look at your body of work, and you've got multiple. I'll, I'll call them alter egos. Yeah, I don't know how ahead. you think of them. Yeah, yeah. Because and it's almost and it's almost like it's almost like you're saying to people, well, just. D- develop these different sides of yourself because because at some point in like was it like 2016 yeah you you developed the michael rain tree yeah yeah so, so the, what so what what tell 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 me about the yeah totally so that was just straight up a breakup record <laughs> yeah it was a very very bad break, breakup record um so to speak so why was it not an oreo jones record um because i you know that record actually uh was so important and it was the most vulnerable i've ever been with a project um and it was also a form of therapy for me so i was like living in this crib um you know by myself um i had my studio room and i feel like that was the only way that i could move forward um was by I could barely get out of bed and I'd go and just start making tunes and I had a whole setup this so this was like an also another pivotal moment because I was really just making everything by myself from scratch so I and it was all you know I had like a keyboard I had like a vocal processor drum machine everything all hooked together so I'd make loops and I'd make live loops in a station. I had like a station. Um, and I'd write, sometimes it'd be like 10, 15 beats a day. Um, and that was like my form of like existing. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I feel like that's where like the Raintree kind of like who, developed. Who, who is Michael Raintree? I, is he that's just a good another question? Is he like another, like a shadow of your personality? Yeah. Or and I, 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 you could say that, but like I don't need, I think I maybe rap maybe a couple times on that record. Um, you know, I'm like looping and like harmonizing a lot of like with this vocal processor and. Um, it's just like very gritty and like, kind of sounds bad, but like really sincere in a way. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I mean, that's, I, I think, you know, for, if I, if there was a young person sitting here just starting out, I would, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like if you, if you hit a wall or you're dealing with adversity, one thing, create just a new, create a, a new yeah. you know identity or a new alter ego and put a, put a record out. But, you know. Yeah. And I feel like it still goes back to like where my mind is at and where, what I feel good and what makes me feel like a human being. Um, and that's music one, obviously, but like what type of music do I want to make? Like, I feel like I never made music for anyone else but myself. And I think that's the most important thing. And I think yeah. that's what gives me longevity yeah. or gives anyone longevity. Yeah. Well, it, you because, know? because with some of the, with some of the tours that you've been on, I'm just imagining mm-hmm. 
there there has to be the temptation. It's like, oh, they like that thing I did in that mm-hmm. song. Maybe I should do that again. For sure. There's like little nuances. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Where oh, you're like, or that's, oh, yeah. oh that's, the, that's the sound of 2023. Yeah, so yeah. I, is that, There's like is little, that? yeah, those are like little inspiration you get type tempted, things. But you get tempted. Yeah. You, you could be... You could be tempted to go down a certain path for sure. You, yeah. Or but like but put your own your own freak to it if that makes okay. sense. Okay. Like freak it in your own way. Okay. Like that yeah, makes yeah. you, you know, yeah. feel like that it is you. Yeah. And your most authentic self. But yeah. you've never. It, it seems like from what you've said so far that it sounds like there wasn't really a time when you you were tempted to go down a direction that was just completely commercial and had to not not really yeah not really yeah i I, you know when i was younger you know you or or, there's always like the thought of not necessarily younger today i feel this way like i would love to be able to uh, see the world and play music all over the all over the world meet new people new experiences that's the dream to me that's what success is to me um, and I feel like I've done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. In a way to where, um, you know, I, I think that's like what success, everyone has their own definition of it, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, some people make really great pop tunes, right. really great radio and hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're good. Like, and that's, that's, that's them, you know, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, that's great. And I think, I think that's it. I also think that's you're you're on the you're on the verge of that. That's a difference between my generation, Gen X, and the one mm-hmm. that came after. Because, man, it was like in the '80s and especially early to mid '90s, you were judged by the genre that you're in, and mm-hmm. you you there's a certain way you have to yeah. dress, and yeah. there's a certain way you have to talk. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're like you're like bound by that genre, and people sure. will judge you by that. And I one of the things I admire about later generations is, and I think some of this might be just the the much more availability of music yeah. for the streaming. You mm-hmm. know, just just people are seem to be much less concerned about yeah. these genre for boundaries. sure. Yeah. yeah, that's totally. I mean, like. Uh, you nailed it on the head. I feel like, um, yeah, back in the day, it was like you had to look or be, and, and I feel like it it transcended genre. Like yeah. you, if you're grunge or rock or punk, like you had to be a certain way. Yeah. If you're an MC, you had to be the most authentic. Like people really cared about lyricism, yep. all of that, um, and it just changes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, so I accidentally segued into something I want to ask you about, <laughs> yeah. because, then, because then at some point you decide, you know, you've got a, a successful hip-hop career, but you're going to form an Afro-futurist hardcore band, <laughs> yeah. White Moms. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that was another pro. That was probably before Rain Tree. That was probably like... Yeah, like 14, 15. But yeah, Dimitri Morris, Charlene Birdsong, and Kristen, newborn. Uh, yeah, we just wanted to play a show for Halloween. And we're like, yeah, we wanted to do like an Afropunk band. And then, yeah, that kind of went through. Writing your own songs for yeah. that show? Mm-hmm. No yeah. kidding. Okay. And then that transcend, and then that was just like, oh, this is fun. So we just started to play some more shows. Yeah, put an LP out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Does, does White Mom still exist as a project? It, we d- get- it does. Yeah. yeah. We're kind of like, uh, you know, all over the place with everyone's schedules yeah. and stuff. But yeah, yeah, we got a really cool group chat going, yeah. you know. Was that... um. 
so your role in White Moms, you said it was your first experience playing bass. Yeah, play bass and keys, and okay. we we'd like switch around. That's like the thing. Or like we'd switch instruments and stuff around. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. So what? What I mean, you're at that time because because before we switch to trees, I'm gonna yeah. ask I am gonna ask you about. Um, the station and everything yeah, like that because yeah. you're working you're literally working multiple jobs that time but what <laughs> yeah. what what hooked what hooked you about yeah let's form this band um i feel like it was just living in fountain square at the time like we're all in this neighbor there's like a good synergy there um yeah. everyone live all like everyone that played music lived so close to each other and it was just kind of just being around each other was like kind of like the main catalyst of that yeah cool yeah um uh, we could spend we could spend three hours just going through <laughs> yeah. your disc- discography, and I yeah. will not do that. But it's cool. But um, again, and some of these are just as a fan, you know, yeah. things. The unconcerned LP with Sirius. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, because I want to ask you about that. And yeah. Then of, of course, bless. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's 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 the sequence of events there that you're you know you're collaborating with Sirius on yeah. you know you, you put out because really unconcerned is really a Oreo Jones Sirius Black e, or LP duo, or sorry EP yeah, EP think, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. and then and then of course you add Moose to the trio and that becomes Bless yep so what's what's the what's the chronology there yeah so um, Nick uh, Sirius Black and I were working on unconcerned. Um, probably like uh, around cash for gold. So like 2016, um, and we got a weekend, knocked out a whole bunch of tracks and then we kind of just shelved the idea for years. And then we we're like, Oh, 20, like it was 2020 came around and we we're like, Hey, let's, let's do it again. We ended up dropping what you hear that is out now there's only one original song that we used from that first session of okay. like a whole bunch of songs. Okay. Um, and I mean, at that point too, like 20, I feel like this kind of goes into like the bless chapter, but I f- want to add that I felt completely washed as an artist at that point in my life. Why? Um, so like I dropped cash for gold 2016 2020 rolls around obviously like the psychology of what everyone's in right now um or not right now but at that point um I wasn't you know I didn't really feel motivated I didn't feel like I hadn't write written a song in like months mm-hmm. um you know I had a conversation with some colleagues and I was just like damn, I don't, I don't feel, yeah, I feel washed. Like, I feel like it could be it, you know what I mean? Like kind of like, uh, mentality I was going through. So what, what was the spark between you and Nick and David Adamson? Yeah. So Moose, you know, the three of us, we've been working on tracks together, been featuring on each other's albums for, you know, over like five years at that point, maybe even longer. Um, and we'd, you know, do features for each other and like Moose would play live with me and all that. And then uh MK Michael Kaufman got us together and like yeah, it was twenty it was like right literally right before the like March twenty twenty. Did Michael say you guys he should was think like, about forming a group? Yeah, he was like, Yeah, yeah, you know, he's a fan of all of us, obviously, and he's like he's been he was at that point was talking to us a little bit. We're like, it'd be dope if you guys kind of like yeah. if you ever thought about doing a project just together. 
and we're like yeah we love making music together like duh and i think that right there was like a very pivotal moment for me because we all got together and we just like there was no obligation there was nothing there was no pressure um you know it was like coming off a little bit of the lockdown, you know, yeah. at that point, and we were just writing about how we felt. It was the first time I've been able to like really meditate on myself yeah. and like see what's going on, uh, reading a lot, and then it was just like I fell in love with music again. It was crazy. We're there. I don't want to pry. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Were there, were there any personal discoveries from that time that you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, obviously just, like, taking a look at, like, my community and, like, you know, we all know what happened in 2020. Just sometimes it's just, like, easier said than done to just bypass stuff. But, yeah, I feel like, you know, it, it was it was an important time for me. The neighborhood I was living in was, like, really, like, kind of just – it was just crazy. It was, it was like, it was the first time I felt like a pressure just like to try to like discover something or like, just like subconsciously, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I felt like it was like, like champ. you're forced, you're like forced to like really like look at really analyze things. And I felt like I was just like emotionally intelligent enough to really like convey what I was thinking yeah. through song. And now, you said you guys have been featuring on each other's songs for a while. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. when you've had success as a solo artist and mm-hmm. on multiple albums, producing and you're you're a one man mm-hmm. band for sure. Know, um, uh, was it was it hard to set egos aside sometimes and make decisions? You know, honestly, it wasn't, and it okay. still isn't to this day, which is so sick. Yeah. And I feel like that just comes with like experience and yeah. just like you know. Well, yeah. I so I'm glad I got to see you recently opening for the Flaming Lips in yeah. June, which I know is a last minute ad, but yeah. as I, as I told you, it's like the chemistry between you and Sirius is good, kind of that pass the mic thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's so natural, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's, it's like energizing, you, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and so when you guys were making, um, when you guys were writing songs, you know, five years previous, did you know you would have that kind of a live yeah. vibe? So another project that I was in was Ghost Gun Summer with okay. Sirius Black, G Granite, Freddie Buns, John Stamps. So like, and we would go on tour. I mean, we would hit the road, like okay. we'd go all over and we developed, I feel like that was when like you re- re- we did like four or five tours together okay. you know like hundreds of shows so then that was i feel like what you're talking about the okay. synergy like this almost like sixth sense yeah. like uh chemistry came from just playing together so many times cool. and knowing each other okay yeah so you'd for have that. sure yeah um, where does the, where does the justin vernon connection come between you know with bless yeah. and then justin vernon slash That's, bony vera for people listening yeah that was so crazy uh like i said like i was like dude i didn't think i was gonna play again or i didn't i knew i was gonna play again but i i felt like irrelevant as an artist so that's the thing it's just like it's so it's not linear it's just like so crazy like the ups and downs of it all but yeah um we finished this record like no expectations like um and then yeah mk hit us luck with the text because he was like I don't even think he was like too actively like sending it to people, but if, yeah, he was like, "Yo, Justin Vernon heard the record and he wants to sign you guys on on their label." 
And I was just like, what? Like yep. you hear that from, you, you not hear, you read it from a text. Yep. You're like, well, it's crazy. Yep. Um, but yeah, and then it was just like kind of on and popping there, like Zooms and like, granted that too, I feel like it's important to express, like we dropped our record, that our first, our debut record in 21, like, right, like, it was still pretty much the pandemic. I don't even think any of the vaccines or anything was out at that point. But, um, yeah, it was it was pretty much just all through Zoom, you know, talking to people. national press. Yeah, and, then, and I know like live events, and you had mm-hmm. you had. Uh, well, at least I, I hope this happened. And you got some love from Indianapolis too. Did we you did. feel like? Yeah, because yeah. I know. And and again, I, I hope I'm not. I, I love Indianapolis. Yeah, I know you do too, but I also, sure. there's things that drive me nuts about it. You know for what I mean? Sure. And, then, and I, I, I do, there, there have been times where, um, uh, some artist in any medium is really blown up and, and indie doesn't quite get it until sure. later. You know what I mean? But yeah. I feel, but I feel like there was, there was from the outside, but I'm, I'm asking you yeah. that there seems like there was a real nice grassroots. Kind yes. Of, you know, we understand, we understand what, what, um, you know what these guys are doing yeah for sure i feel like that's always just like the, the peculiar thing about the city like there's like what like uh like eight hundred thousand. there's like almost a million people that live two, here two million in the region two million in the region yeah. like um and maybe three percent really care about like sometimes it feels that way yeah. about just like yeah. what is popping here in the city yeah. like what is impo- what's impactful what's important what like makes us unique than yeah. a coastal city um so it's like you're almost like trying to always kind of i don't want to say fight a battle because that's almost just like no it's like, like, it's, and it's and it tends to be people who didn't grow up here Okay, yeah. you, you didn't grow up here. Michael mm-hmm. Kaufman didn't grow up here. Yeah, I'm not an artist on the level you guys are. I didn't grow up here. My wife didn't grow up here, and so it's all, it's almost like. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. In that, if it's three percent, there are yeah. a lot of people from here who are there. That's not what I'm saying for sure. But it almost, it almost takes people who have lived elsewhere coming in saying, "Hey, you don't realize what you have here." Yeah. You know, you know, not, right? Yeah. I mean, do you? Because I know you feel that way, right? Okay. Yeah, totally. Like. Co- yeah, coming from where you come from or whatever. Like, and my 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 experience was, and this is, um, I grew up in a very small town yeah. in, in southern Illinois, but having lived in Chicago as an adult, having lived in D.C. as an adult, and those are amazing places. Yeah. But it's like, if you want to, and Kaufman has a much more articulate view of this yeah. that he ta- we, he's talked about, but it's like, but if you want to be in the community, you know, mm-hmm. like like doing stuff, you know, mm-hmm. supporting artists, yeah, um, and really, and you can do that here. It's it, there's an accessibility. Mm-hmm. Here that you don't see in many yeah. places, you know. And I think if you that, show if you show up saying I want to help, I want to work, mm-hmm. there's a there's a a hundred percent chance that you'll be in that creative community for you know? sure. Sorry. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that's the most important thing. If I could offer like any advice, and granted, I'm not like the the mo- the most like I don't know. There's a whole bunch of people different perspectives on you know, being inclusive and trying to navigate your way through things. But uh, I think it's so important to just like be in your city and listen to it and be like so present in it. And I think that's where I equate like my longevity and like my, you know, the reason I'm here still and stoked to be creating here in this city um, is because I love going to shows i love going to different places here you really got to find things here if you want to be a part of it um so that's a that's a that's a segue into um 
at some point you you're an artist, but then you're also, and I don't know how you would describe mm-hmm. it as a community organizer, you know, community creator. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all, maybe it's honestly all the above, yeah. you know, but, but how does your um, relationship with big car, you know, listen here, mm-hmm. WQRT, where did, where did that start? And what was the, what, what was the um, kind of the opening that led to it being actually like literally a part of your job? Yeah. Um, there, there come, there was like a certain point point where you kind of just like let go of yourself for a second and you really think about why it's important to be here and like what makes it so special to be an artist here. Um, and also I feel like I like to think that there's still like a canvas here that you can like paint and do whatever you want. If you just like have the idea and you really believe in it, you can. And I feel like that's like kind of what I I learned from like Jim and Chate. Um, and you know Jim, who's actually from Warsaw too, which is like I like crazy. Did you know that when you moved I here? I did not know okay. that. We did not okay. know each other. Like I had no idea. Um, and yeah, I, I think it was like a TEDx at the Hilbert Circle. I like did a song, um, and that was when I learned like about Big Car uh, or Jim. Uh, and then yeah, he just hit me up. They're doing a radio station and a record store at Listen Here when they like initially are like kinda opening up down here in Garfield Garfield Park and asked me, you know, like, hey, would you be interested in being an artist in resident? And at that point, like I was like, Oh wow, like you don't you can it doesn't have to be so conventional. It can be super unconventional. Yeah. And you can be an artist and you can still bob and weave and do cool things you know some jobs um some jobs i know you have to kind of watch out for because they can rob you of your creative energy Mm -hmm. from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. it seems like your artist in residence gig and all the things you do here as i say here because your neighborhood yeah has not has not because you continue to be a prolific artist yeah and also work a full-time job for sure in addition to being an artist how does how does 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 one impact the other? It's it was hard to to balance it, um, and there's days where it is or not or whatever. But I feel like you know at the end of the day, if anything, it's amplified and it's really like motivated me to really make this thing a thing. Yeah, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like, um, you know, they. I I don't think I've ever you know. I've worked service industry jobs. I've worked jobs where I'm just like, what the hell? This is almost just like super stifling. Like my wings clipped. Like, what am I doing? Um, but I feel like this is like kind of like the opposite. Yeah. Um, as far as like yeah. creative process, like I can, I can think of something in, in, you know, different ways and express myself in different ways and other, also just like opening up to working with other people. I feel like is yeah. like super sick too. It, it, it's wild just in the last, I think, you know, we're sitting here in Garfield Park. So for people listening who aren't as familiar with Indianapolis, if you had told me 10 years ago, like Garfield mm-hmm. Park always known as nice place to live and, mm-hmm. you know, the park is big and beautiful and everything yeah. like that. But now today, like if you had told me 10 years ago, no, Garfield Park is going to be playing national 
uh, shows yeah, for in sure. the park, Crazy. and that's going to become the place. And yeah. I, I want one thing I, I respect about you know you and Jim and Shate is you guys have also fought hard to maintain the affordability. You know, you yeah. talked about inclusion too. For right? sure, it's gotten more expensive to live down here, but yeah. you guys fight for yeah you know artists to live here and sure. through programs that you have and things like that. Um, uh, no, I mean, I and I guess I think for young people to younger people listening to it, it's also a. Um, a it also drives home that that you you can you can it's almost like when you said it it, it amplified it mm-hmm. you know you can you there are there are certain jobs that you can have that just extend your your yeah. life as an artist rather than for sure. sucking energy from it mm-hmm. so, yeah one hundred percent so Treese, you yeah. know and I, and I know you know the time obviously is just is just flying by <laughs> yeah. but and, but we still we still have a little bit to talk cool. about Treese and and you know yeah. I, I really want to put this out and tell people about Treese. Um, uh, let me just let me just say, you know, having attended in 2019, I mean, I was at the Indie Chamber at that time, and I was walking around with my wife Helen, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, if you if you had a 25 year old of any um, life circumstances, and let's say let's say they were not from the Midwest, let's say mm-hmm. they're from somewhere else or another country, and you wanted to give them a positive impression of Indianapolis, and you had one night, you'd want them to go to Trees mm-hmm. because just because the um, the the music the 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 local and national acts that are playing just the overall vibe and the diversity of the crowd um and for people who don't know treese is a one night yeah hip-hop mm-hmm. festival mm-hmm. created by you yep. ron minor rest in peace mm-hmm. jay brookins and others um can you could you maybe start at the beginning in yeah. terms of what was the spark to yeah 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 um, I love, that's like one of my favorite quotes he said, by the way, I feel like I still always remember that where it's like, you put anyone here and anyone from out of the city, put them any in age. Day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, w- I was living in Fountain Square at the time. Um, and like, I go back to what I was mentioning earlier where there was just like this crazy energy. Um, tons of artists were still living there. The block I was living on Morris street was like, just littered with bands like there was band practices happening like maybe twice three times a day like rent was like you know if you got three people together you could spend 200 bucks a month on rent at like a three-bedroom house like um there was just like a lot of just like it was a community like they were like if someone had an idea everyone would kind of like just drop what they were doing and like helped or like it was it was just something that was like really special um and at that point you know there really wasn't a lot of like local hip-hop spaces for people to perform and i'm saying like venue you know there was like locals only um record stores like stuff like that like um but like the people like for folks that were just like really trying to cut their teeth there really wasn't like a like a significant like big space and i was like yo i've performed in like a lot of these spaces here in this neighborhood this is my neighborhood i love it it's so accessible like i think it'd be dope if there was just like an all-day celebration of rap and well if this enters into it too right wrong or indifferent too older people yeah associate fountain square 
with uh, rock and mm-hmm. like roots, roots and country and folk music, yeah, which is sure. an aspect of what they do. But I almost felt like it's significant that you were like yeah. showing, you know, showing people what hip hop could do in Fountain Square venues. Yeah, totally. So like, and and to say at that time, like psych and garage like the younger kids are in the neighborhood like and house shows were going crazy like pitchfork was writing articles just specifically on indianapolis house shows um jacob gardner who like i credit to like he did a cataracts festival which was like all house shows like all house venued festival and it was crazy diy didn't know like city didn't even know what was going on it was free and there's like five houses like on morris street that were just just packed with hundreds of kids like going in and out like set pieces that were like cut out of wood like um there was just like a really cool energy with it and I was like, you know, I feel like there is, in 2015 too, especially, there was just like the hip-hop scene. There was a lot of show. We were doing like crazy house shows and like, um, you know, I was playing at different, you know, the Little Hi-Fi and like White Rabbit and Radio Radio and these bands. Like, I felt like I was just like, you know, kind of like the, they had relationship. They knew that I put on a good show and I'm, you know. Like, I'm trustworthy. You yes. know, we could go into that. We could yes. go. That's a whole other thing. But um, in music, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, uh, I was like, "Yo, let's 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 do this all day uh, hip hop festival." And it's just like right in Fountain Square. We go. Everything's walkable. All these venues are like literally con- like consolidated in this neighborhood, and. I didn't have any money, nothing to my name. You know what I mean? I'm just like a broke kid. Um, and I gathered everything together, got all the artists. And then, yeah, we sold out the first year. And it was like kind of crazy from there. Yeah. And Therese, the origin of the name was? Yeah. So I had a cooking show called Let's Do Lunch. And uh, I had a- Abby Maris from Bluebeard was one of my guests. And this uh, you, you had started an internet show called Let's yeah, Do Lunch? Yeah, yeah. Let's this Do during, Lunch. Co- during, uh, no, this is before pandemic. Yep. So. This is before pandemic. So this is kind of around the same time. So self-produced yeah so there's actually there's actually like 12 of us that were on the crew it was like wayne's world but uh with a cooking show we did a variety show so it'd be like i'd interview a cook um you know like john brooks and milk tooth or like abby mirrors like i said from bluebeard yeah. then we'd have a performance live perf- musical performance and then we had a visual art segment how did, uh, how did you after how'd you fund it uh, so there was this, what, this distribution company that put out my, that distroed our, my first couple records called Symphonic. They're out of Tampa, Florida. Okay. They had this blog called Noise Porn and they were looking into like doing content for like Roku. No and way. they were like, yo, uh, I started this project in college. Let's do lunch. And it was like super like VHS, DI, like throwback yeah. vintage. And uh, they're like, yo, like, we'll give you some money to produce a second season of it. And then, yeah, we, my buddy Dimitri, who I play in Bless and White Moms, uh, had a space on the west side, like 10th and 465 West 10th, um, called Westgate. And we built a whole studio. Like, it was like everything was shot on VHS. Uh, Yeah, we did. uh, um, We built like a a stall and like toilets and called like it called it the after potty. Yeah. We're like, uh, Paulina was like a guest from pattern and 
Um, uh, who no else? Way. Yeah, there's all different yeah, visual artists that were on there. But yeah, it was like a variety. So, but that's where trees came from. I was uh, meant to say cheers and peace, and it slurred together. It was pretty. It was pretty outrageous. Yeah. Um, that's the yeah, Greg, the, the late Greg Hardesty was uh, yeah. was a, a, a guest on one of the shows. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was wild. So, um, let's see, 2019 Taleb Kweli, yeah, yeah, was here. And 20, then all, yeah, 2019 was like it was hitting the pinnacle, like yep. the biggest year yet. Um, yeah, Taleb Kweli was a headliner. Uh, Griselda Records out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, uh, Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun, they were on. They just Valet, was yeah, it? no, Valet was a uh, Trees Four, the fourth one, fourth one, the year before. Okay, um, but yeah, Griselda just signed their like deal with Rock Nation like a couple weeks before the fest, so it was just like Jeez. nuts. Yeah, um, yeah, it was crazy. It was wild, um, and. You know, we had a, a promotion partnership with Live Nation too, so we we're doing Trees Presents shows at like Old Throughout National, the year. Yeah. yeah, Ruoff, like all that. So it was just like, well, yeah. this is like a real thing, yeah. So, understandably, you have mm-hmm. two two years, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one, where mm-hmm. you know, well, twenty twenty almost no touring happened, yeah, but then twenty twenty one, it's kind of coming back if this yeah. starts. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose Ron Miner. Yeah, in 2020. Yeah, and then so so tell me about the timing of bringing Trees back in uh, 2023. Yeah, um, I feel like I've I've said this a few times, um, but like it really was a hard thing to face. Um, you know, losing Ron was a huge uh, a huge blow. Um, not only was he like my mentor to me, but like he was just like a really important person, and he you know gave the whole festival another life and like a new perspective and um you know made me look at things differently um and jay differently um and then like just as a human just condition like grief is crazy you know like it took me a while to even just you know face it and you know i couldn't even have a conversation when people be like yo when's trees coming back yeah people not knowing and i just like lock up like i'd be like i I couldn't i can't even tell you (laughs) you know what i mean like uh i was like i don't even know if i can even do this again yeah um but yeah and and also like i don't want to do it half-assed like we've been really it took me to the pandemic to like really focus on myself and really give time to like me as an artist and just yeah. as a human being yeah. um, to get those vitamins and minerals, you know, that I needed. And it was the best decision I ever made. Taking some time. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, I was like having like, I had heard Ron's like voice in my head, like this internal monologue being like, come on, like it's time. So you know, I had to talk with Jay on the phone for like an hour plus or just like, dude, I think we got to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it's important. I feel like it's time. Like I was super inspired by Butter too. Like yeah, I went to Butter for the first, so we played, Bless played Butter in yep. 22, last summer, the second Butter. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is so sick. Like I had yeah. Alan and Molly on here last year. Alan, my my yeah. bandmate, yeah, it's yeah. just been so great to see them, Sick. almost like 
find i mean i'm i'll, I'll, I'll say a gap yeah. you know what i mean that we've that our city has so desperately needed to be filled and just to see sure. to hear that you know it's like having this that you know it's positively impacting trees and everything yeah. like that is great um it is august the 26th yep um all-star lineup including one one of my personal heroes ninth wonder yeah. like i like not who i've never seen play live mm-hmm. though yeah but same i've here. watched i've watched you know videos of him making yeah. beats and composing and lectures yeah. and you know what i mean so yeah. and then but then um correct, correct me if i'm wrong in continuing with tree's tradition it's also to showcase great bands that we have out of india and out yes, of the midwest so sure. so you can see a number of a number of our own artists yeah. on stages right there's like 80 artists yeah yeah i mean pretty much from like noon to midnight 12 hours yeah, yeah. all in the neighborhood there's uh yeah probably about like 75 80 all local yep. yeah and you know yeah all all different kinds of rap you your, know what i mean your partner jane has joined the joined the yeah, team she's doing, doing a lot of, yeah she's doing the festival direction this yeah. year yeah she's a soldier yeah she's it's awesome. a huge undertaking i mean i'm sure it is so, yeah I, when you when you're saying kind of the well we got to do this i'm thinking in my head i'm i'm sure yeah. you were calculating oh my god how much work <laughs> Yeah. How much, you know, how much work it and, is. And, and raising money is this going to take? It is, yeah. You know, I started, you know, probably in December of 22, like really, um, you know, probably uh, probably like September, November of 22 to be realistic. But like, I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it, you know, to honor Ron. Like, if I'm going to do it, and that's with anything, if I do anything, I got to give it like 150%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like... It's something, it's almost just like kind of like a, um, you know, just kind of like a, a step of just trying to uh, conquer my fear, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, just Absolutely. like, as a pro, if I, I, I hope that doesn't sound so brash, but it's just like, it was something that was just like in my head that I feel like I had to really come to terms with, yeah. like, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna imagine Ron certainly Jay Brookings, but I'll say mm-hmm. Ron just because we've lost him. He he he'd been at this so long that he 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 could organize things and he made it look easy. Mm-hmm. And when it, it's not and it's not easy for sure. And I feel like just like his personality too. Like he is just like was such a force with Jeez. just like I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna you yeah. you knew him a hundred times better than yeah. I did, than I did. But I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Um, Ron. When when Ron would acknowledge you or like put his arm around you, yeah. some people just have that presence. You know yeah, what I mean? And I sure. and I, you know, I just uh, sorry. I'm like, no, you're good. Yeah. Um, I you know, it's it's a uh, it's hard, it's hard to replace. Yeah, yeah. for sure, one one hundred percent. And I think uh, it's something too, where like I said, I had that internal monologue, like his voice, where I was just he's just like, come on, bro, let's let's go, like. Yeah. It's time. He was a party motivator, but I feel like he just like motivated me. Um, Yeah. And yeah. Well, I hope, um, I hope people listening August 26th, and this is one where people hearing this will have to buy tickets because I mean, it's very likely going to be a sellout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can go treesaf.com. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Before you've been, I've taken up more of your time than I meant to, but this has been, this, this this is just, it's, it's, it's been so, um, just energizing for me yeah but but i i do you know 
Um, I do want to ask you for some advice, and yeah. this is me, but also I'm thinking of, you know, anybody, anybody doing creative work who, cause, cause, and you just said it, you know, it's about getting up and overcoming that fear, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of trees for you, but as you know, you know, you've been very prolific as an artist, but that also, that also involves, um, getting rid of that self-conscious thing. Like, what are they going to think about this or things like mm-hmm. that? So what, what, what advice would you give or asked a different way? What are those um, kind of, you know, techniques that have worked for you in terms, in terms of dealing with that, you know, the fear of failure or the mm-hmm. fear of they're not going to buy into this or mm-hmm. what, what, what's worked for you? That's a great question. Um, I feel like that's changed, uh, as I've gotten older, but I honestly feel like there isn't really any evolution or there isn't any progress unless I am ready to jump off the cliff if you know what I mean so to speak like I feel like it's it's so important to just be scared as hell (laughs) when you do things um you know there's there's always just like kind of things like what if I I hear you know teachers or old colleagues or other people being like what if what if my whole life I've been told like not whole life, but the majority of my life here on this earth, I've been told like, what if you can't do this or what are you going to do? Do you have a, do you have a backup plan? Um, no, you can't be on the show or like, I don't think we're, we really like your sound. We like your style, but I don't think that's it. Or like, we don't like your vocabulary. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like that's been the, you know, the majority of my existence of people just tell me that I can and can't do. They dictate it. So, like, if I could advise, if I could offer any advice, is just like, don't listen to anyone but yourself. Um, I think that's the most important thing yeah. that I have done, and that's of give, given me the confidence and the longevity is just to like just try to try to figure it out and don't yeah. give up yeah. yeah i love it yeah um trice af yeah to buy tickets mm-hmm. um bless i should have asked you this earlier yeah, yeah i noticed when we saw it when i saw you in june i noticed you did some songs i wasn't familiar with so yeah, yeah, yeah. can we expect some more bless yeah we just music? actually finished our we finished tracking we're in the mixing phase of our second lp which is super sick great yeah okay yeah, super so excited. is that is that obviously moose does a lot of production do you and serious so, do oh, I, this as well the first this record actually uh moose and i did a lot of the root production but okay. then the whole band we plays a six pieces on this record Excellent. so it's like a it's like uh the first lp one's older brother playing and if i could get this out this weekend playing this weekend too yeah right? we're so playing we're playing tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> yeah. but look out hopefully hopefully more hopefully more opportunities to For see sure. bless yeah we're playing trees yeah okay yeah there we'll be go. playing trees yeah we're okay. playing some other dates I look forward too. to it yeah Man, thanks a lot. I mean, hey, I mean, thank I'm, you. I'm, 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 you know, definitely walking away from this inspired. I mean, I want to see Trees, but I think, you know, in in your story too, and thank you for sharing so much, you know, your your sort of introspection, because yeah. I think I think it has it has so much to offer that person who's got maybe it's music, maybe it's writing, maybe it's painting, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, but but I don't really fit squarely into this category mm-hmm. that I want. And you're somebody who's who's obviously been able to be successful, you know doing it like you said to put out you know create what you like Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i I, yeah i feel too or i never really felt at place in different places uh if that makes sense yeah in different spaces i should say where it's like do i does this make sense like sometimes i don't really feel like i fit in um but 
I don't think that you should care about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and the you know the com and the common thread of this show is Indianapolis, and I I don't yeah. thank you enough, you know, yes, because you've influenced this city and the number of people you've influenced as much more than an artist. So I'm grateful for that, and I know hundreds of other people are too. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for Indianapolis. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thanks for your time, Sean. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.